Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The breaking news of the chemical weapons attack on a hospital in Syria by none other than Bashar al-Assad is stunning to say the least. This horrific act is stirring up the world scene considerably. Today, Pastor J.D. will encourage us to consider the Ezekiel 38 prophetic ramifications of this terrible event. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 8, 2018. I made the decision early this morning to preempt the teaching in Ephesians. Uh, On Sunday mornings, we are uh, currently going through this epistle uh, to the church in Ephesus, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. But uh, I sense that the Lord would have us to devote the entirety of our time today to the Middle East Prophecy Update, which we usually do after the teaching in Ephesians. So today we're going to do it instead of uh, the teaching in Ephesians. And this for a number of reasons, chief of which is that I woke up a little after 3 a.m. this morning, as I usually do on Sunday mornings. I try to go to bed early on Saturday nights, uh, and uh, last night I was able to do that. So I get up early, and then uh, I wake up to a text from a friend and online member, Kelly McGuire, who works at Fox News in New York, and she was apprising me of the breaking news of this Syrian uh, chemical weapons attack near Damascus. And um, I decided then at that point to uh, forego Ephesians and uh, talk uh, very candidly today about the significance of this. And I, I want to preface it by saying that, uh, and I, I think you know this about me, at least I hope you do, I'm always very careful not to come off as being, you know, sensational or even provocative. And uh, I try to keep, um, <laughs> I try to stay calm. I was going to say that, but that doesn't, that's not really true. I'm not very a very calm person. Um, but I, I just want to uh, say that in light of everything that has happened and even now is happening, uh, this is truly, in every sense of the word, a game changer. And that's almost, in a way, 
an understatement of sorts. I'm going to ask that you bear with me. I'm going to try as best as I can to sort through all of this. I actually spent about eight hours yesterday prior to uh, this chemical attack just on the prophecy update, just by sheer virtue of how much has happened just in the last few days, just this last week. So what I want to do is argue the case that we are witnessing three specific prophecies. You see them there on the screen. We talk about them, it seems now, on a weekly basis, and for good reason. But I want to argue that we are witnessing these three specific prophecies beginning to come to pass very quickly. And I use that word uh, for a reason. This is what Jesus said twice, actually, in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. He said two times, Behold, I come quickly. Now, we know that this word in the original language of the Greek New Testament is the Greek word tachos, where we get our English word for tachometer. And the reason I mention that again today is because what Jesus was saying is, Behold, I come at a time when things are revving up. Things are speeding up. Things are happening more and more quickly. I, that's probably not a proper English sentence structure, but uh, it is happening with increasing intensity and even increasing frequency. So what I want to do is uh, focus in on these three prophecies, starting with Isaiah 17.1, which is a prophecy about Damascus, Syria, being so totally destroyed that it becomes uninhabitable. Very specific prophecy in verse 1 of Isaiah 17. There's also a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 49 uh, concerning Damascus, Syria as well. Uh, The second prophecy is a well-known one in Ezekiel 38, and this is a prophecy about an alliance of nations that launches an attack against Israel for the purpose of taking a spoil, which implies that at the time of the attack, Israel will be very prosperous. And we see that certainly today. Now, who is at the helm of this alliance of nations? It's none other than Russia, Iran, and Turkey. I'll call them and refer to them as the big three, if you don't mind. But with them, other nations are allied together. And with Russia and Iran chiefly at the helm, they launch this attack against Israel. Now, I want to, and we're not going to take the time in the interest of time, but I want to draw your attention to a very specific detail within the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, and it's found in verse 13, where we're told by their ancient name, Sheba and Dedan, that Saudi Arabia and Tarshish and the young lions thereof will protest this allied attack against Israel. 
So kind of keep that in your hip pocket for now. I want to come back to that. But it is very specific concerning the role of modern-day Saudi Arabia. And it implies that at the time of this attack, somehow, who knew that Saudi Arabia and Israel would have uh, some sort of an alliance together and good foreign relations uh, together. Saudi Arabia and Israel. So that's in verse 13. Let me just say it this way. Um, five years ago, really, I would say even three years ago, I could not stand up here and talk about the detail of verse 13 in the present tense as I can today. Because now as we speak, in real time, verse 13 is coming to pass exactly as we were told by the prophet Ezekiel some 2,500 plus years ago. So that's the second prophecy. The third prophecy is in Zechariah 12, and specifically verses 1 through 3, which is a prophecy about how at this time Jerusalem, God himself, will make Jerusalem the intoxicating obsession of the entire world. And even more specifically, the obsession with Jerusalem will be as it relates to dividing Jerusalem under the banner of what we know today as the so-called two-state solution, with Jews and Palestinians, so-called, living side by side together in, quote, peace and security, which brings into play another very astonishing prophecy found in the Apostle Paul's first epistle to the church in Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 3, where he says that while they are saying those two words, specifically, peace and security, or peace and safety, as some of your translations render it, that's the same Greek word translated. In Greek, it's asphalia, which can be translated security or safety, really synonymous in terms. So the Apostle Paul says that while at the time, during the time, when they're saying very specifically those two exact words, peace and security, sudden destruction will come upon them, not us, and they, not us, will not escape. We will. And What's really interesting is he likens, as did the Savior before him, this peace and security being likened to, and the sudden destruction that ensues, being likened to a woman travailing in labor. Now why is that so significant? Because... These, like labor pains, come in greater frequency and greater intensity, and Jesus is likening his coming to a baby that's coming because of the birth pains. And so what we see happening now is exactly what we were told would be happening now. And again, I, you'll forgive me, but... I really believe 
that we are witnessing exactly these prophecies beginning to come to pass. And I want to encourage you, especially if you're here today or watching online by some other way, and you're very discouraged. I want to encourage you, as the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian church said, encourage one another with these words. With what words? Oh, with these words. The trumpet's going to sound. And we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up and taken out of here in the great escape. It'll happen suddenly. What are you saying, Pastor? Are you suggesting that the rapture happens simultaneously with the sudden destruction that comes down upon them? When they don't escape, well, I'm careful to not be dogmatic about it, but I'm becoming increasingly convinced that when, not if, the sudden destruction comes down upon them and they will not escape, there's the other side of that. There's the we. We are not The they. Again, I know that's not proper English, (laughs) so don't email me. We are the we who are alive and remain at the time that the sudden destruction comes down upon them. We will escape. They will not escape. We are the we. I know that's deeply profound. (laughs) Here's the point. Be a we. Okay? All right, let's close in prayer. That was the, <laughs> that was the whole point right there. I just made the whole point. Be a we. So what I want to do is um, get into this and talk about this and really, uh, more importantly, talk about what this means to every single one of us here today. I don't think it's possible to overstate the significance of what is happening and what I believe is about to happen in the Middle East. Let's start with this Haaretz article on Wednesday about Turkey's Recep Tayyip Erdogan, President Vladimir Putin of Russia, and Iranian President Hossein Rouhani holding their, now this is their second summit, to discuss Syria's future. Uh, you'll remember that the first time these three leaders met was in Sochi, Russia, and it was last November, and it was the first time in history that these three Ezekiel 38 nations were allied together, exactly as we're told in Ezekiel 38. It should be noted that the situation in Syria is what has brought them together and that all three countries today are in Syria as we speak. And it's very interesting because heretofore, Turkey's been on the other side of the table, opposite, in opposition to Bashar al-Assad, and with him, Russia and Iran. So on Friday, the Jerusalem Post published an article about the fallout 
from the Turkey-Iran-Russia meeting, and in it they say that the, quote, Iranian regime media is boasting after a successful summit in Turkey with the Turkish, Russian, and Iranian presidents. But Iran was not the only winner at the meeting designed to discuss the future of Syria. Listen, still quoting, Russia and Turkey both feel that they are achieving their goals in Syria at the expense of the U.S. The problem being, according to the Post, is that the U.S. has no clear plan now for Syria while its adversaries appear to have one. The recent summit shows how far things have come in a year and a half as the U.S. has been increasingly cut off from an avenue to playing a role in these discussions. There doesn't seem to be a path back for Washington, and that means the outcome of the recent summit will have consequences for U.S. policy. It also means U.S. allies such as, listen, Saudi Arabia and Israel may have less say in the future of Syria. Listen, (laughs) this comports, I, I want you to think through what I'm about to say. This comports, and maybe better said, fits with the scenario that we have in Scripture, which in it, conspicuously absent, is the once most powerful nation in the world, the United States of America. Now, I understand that there are those who would disagree, and my posture is to disagree, to agree to disagree agreeably, but I cannot find the United States of America present in the pages of Bible prophecy. Certainly, as of now, it would stand to reason that the United States of America it does not have a pronounced present presence in the Middle East. So this fits, and it's beginning now to take shape. Uh, who's in control over there? It's not the U.S. Eight years of one Barack Hussein Obama basically sealed the fate of the United States being the most powerful player in the Middle East, particularly in Syria. Who's in control now? It's not Bashar al-Assad, it's Vladimir Putin, and with him Iran, and with them Turkey. And this is exactly what we were told it would be. The United States, and some believe, and stay with me on this, some believe that in verse 13, where we're told that Sheba and Dedan and Tarshish and the young lions thereof, some believe and suggest, and again, we cannot be dogmatic about this, but it does fit. It does comport with the absence of the United States, because some believe that Tarshish is the UK, 
and the young lions are the U.S. And verse 13, again, very specific and very detailed, states that it will be Saudi Arabia, the U.K. and the U.S., if that's the case, will only protest this allied attack from the north vis-a-vis Syria, which is why I truly believe that Isaiah 17.1 concerning Damascus, Syria, is the catalyst for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. Now why is that important? Because we're beginning to see now that Isaiah 17 concerning Damascus, Syria is about to be fulfilled. And you have to understand that it will happen very quickly. It almost has to. So you have this subsequent prophecy, Isaiah 17 being fulfilled first, and then it would seem logical that immediately there would be this invasion from Syria into Israel. And that's Ezekiel 38. And then you bring into play prophecies like Zechariah 12 concerning Jerusalem. And I'll add to it Daniel 9.27, which is actually going to be another topic for another time. I'll just give you kind of a snapshot of what Daniel 9.27 is about. It's a prophecy about the Antichrist by force enforcing a peace agreement for seven years. And many believe, present company included, that this will commence the seven-year tribulation. And, of course, the rapture of the church must happen, must happen, it has to happen, before, we're dogmatic about that, it has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Now, Daniel 9.27 also goes on to describe how that at the midpoint, At the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist in the newly rebuilt temple, which I believe is part of the deal, uh, he will set himself up as God and demand to be worshipped. And it will be at that juncture that the Jewish people will realize that this is not their Messiah as they had thought. This is the Antichrist. This is the Anti-Messiah. And then they will flee Jerusalem. I believe they will go to Petra in modern day Jordan, where for the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation, God will protect them. And then at the end of the seven year tribulation, they will call upon him. And as Paul writing to the Romans says, the whole house of Israel will be saved. And by the way, that is the purpose of the tribulation. It's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. It's the time of Jacob's trouble, not the church's. And it's Daniel's 70th week, not half a week, not Daniel's three and a half days, no. It's the time of Jacob's, aka Israel's trouble. And that's the whole purpose of the tribulation is to bring to salvation the entire Jewish nation. And it's been said that at the rapture, Jesus comes for us. And at the second coming, Jesus comes with us, ten thousands by his side. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. 
This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.